0: Hello and welcome to a Birdcat One and Arsenal podcast. No, you are not deceiving. Your eyes are not deceiving you. I know your ears will not deceive you. When you're listening to this, it is myself, Carl, and the person who I've not podcasted in over a year, I think. It must be over a year. It's got, it's got to be. It's only Ellis Mel. Hello, Bloody Alice. hell, Ellis.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. There's a, a lot going on, but. Hopefully, I'll be able to put a bit more uh, in the coming season, unlike last season, where I think I may have made two shows, maybe? I mean, at it? least you didn't make
0: commitments to say that you'd make every show like Chris and then uh, not make half of them.
1: Just put it out there. That. There is that.
0: How you been, guy? You been all right? Yeah, do you know what? Not been too bad, you know? like um. I've, do you know what? You and I have, like, Similar working patterns, like days, nights. Um, I'm about to start my set of nights on Friday, seven nights in a row. <sighs> not looking forward to it, but, you know, it is what it is. I know people, I am not striking London Underground, maybe, but people like me, we're not striking, no. Hero. I know. Like I, I, <laughs> I think I am. I mean, I'm almost, my job is almost as important as yours, and it's like, I... You know, for what you do, I don't envy you at all. Like, um, you probably one of the hardest-working people that I know, um, especially through, like, the whole COVID thing and what you do now. So, my hat goes off to you. I mean, still... What's going on? Are you feeling OK? No, no, no. Hashtag fuck Ellis all the time. Like, <laughs> forever, for life. But, you know, like, definitely. Um Ellis, Arsenal have signed some players. Mm. And not just one... Not just two, three really good players. Um, I think we should start. Like I, I guess we could start with just talking about the signings as a whole. I mean, um, when we when we first started um, having rumors about even Kai Havertz, I'm not going to lie to you, I wasn't. I, I think I wasn't best pleased just because I based it on kind of what he did for Chelsea for the last three years. And in three years uh, for Chelsea, I think he scored something like 15 goals in total. Um, And for me, I just do not think that was good enough. So I wasn't overly excited, but I guess I've started to warm to it a little bit just because of, you know, just imagining where he's going to play. You know, one would think that he's going to play in midfield that, you know, this talk of he's going to play the left eight, the quote-unquote, granted, Xhaka role. Um, what do you think about the signing? Like, are you, was you excited from the get-go or was you warming up to it or are you, are you still like, not, don't like the signing?
1: Um, I think I was much like yourself, Carl. I, um, like I I would say a meltdown, but I sort of went into a, a panic when I saw the, the numbers quoted and we were being linked with him and I thought of all the sort of people <clears throat> that I try and get from that sort of Chelsea team, he probably wouldn't have been the first name that would have come to mind um and I, I I think I must have put it in one of our WhatsApp chats to saying can someone just please make this make sense um and, and Chris directed me to um Drew um what's Drew? I don't know what Drew's Twitter at is now I'll find it and I'll say it but you you'll, you'll you'll know Drew he's been on this podcast before he's been on Tom Cannon's podcast he's he's very well known on sort of Twitter and he sort of specializes or he watches a lot of German football so he knows Kai Haberts very well and he did a Fred. He also linked to him that he wrote a blog that he'd done, and it it, it put my mind at ease. I'm not sure <clears throat> where he's going to play for us. I think the rumours are, and I think they're trying to sort of groom him into that sort of left eight role to take over where Jack left out left off. Um And there's, I'm not going to lie, I've got some concerns defensively about Kai Havertz in that position, but in terms of Attacking output. If we look at the positions that Granite Xhaka was taking up last season and the fact that he was scoring more goals, he was relieved more of that sort of um, defensive uh, defensive responsibilities and had license to sort of run forward. And you'd find him sort of in these far late sort of runs into the box, being sometimes the furthest player forward, linking up with Jesus and Martinelli on that sort of left channel. And uh, I think. Purely from an attacking sense, I think Kai Abbotts is probably an upgrade on Granite Xhaka in that point of view. When it comes to defensive work, I'm yet to really see it. I think at Chelsea, he was probably deployed in a role that, from people who know football better than me, say so was probably not his best role, sort of like a centre-forward. He's been, what, however many forwards that have played at Chelsea and haven't been successful since probably yeah, De <clears throat> And it's it, and I think he's been judged on that harshly, and I think oh, I've probably judged him harshly. The fact that he comes from Chelsea um, doesn't help. Our track record of Chelsea players that we've signed in the past hasn't been amazing. At best, they've been average, and at worst, they've been, well, William. but there we go. <laughs> um, but I think it's a change. He's a good player. He's a player that's won them a Champions League. Can't forget that. And he's also young. So his ceiling is a lot higher. The, the previous players we fought from Chelsea, even Jorginho in the January transfer window, have been sort of at, towards the end of their playing career, whereas Kai Havertz is now coming into sort of his peak years and he's leaving a disjointed, jam-packed squad of players that didn't really have any direction. I listened to the um, AO's um after hearing um the Gooners another podcast talking about it, and they, they interviewed Lampard and he was saying when he took over the job there he could just look at the players eyes you can see they're all on the beach so he's come from that sort of fuck show that is, is Chelsea and he's come to a much more cohesive unit and team and the one thing that I've sort of got from I don't know about you Cal but the, the three announcers we've had or the, the last two um Declan Rice and Timber I've been watching sort of the interviews. I've been watching them sort of being there, shown around Colney for their first day. And you definitely get a sense of... I don't know about Chelsea, but I doubt he's sort of had that at Chelsea. And here he's going to be, I think, nurtured. He's going to be under a great coach and he's going to be in a great squad with some good players. And I'll have to give some time to sort of warm to this transfer more than I have the other two that we're probably going to talk about. I'm hopeful. The ceiling is definitely high and I think his potential is is a lot greater than what previous Chelsea fans have done. What about yourself? What, uh, what do you think in terms of his ceiling and how well he can form, where you see him playing? What do you think? I mean, once he's got a
0: coach like Arteta, who, I hear what you're saying about the defensive it um, that he had at Chelsea, but I don't think Arteta will let him get away with not having the defensive mind and also the attacking mind. I think if you come to this Arsenal squad, you you have to work hard. Arteta demands it. And I, I think to myself that if Arteta didn't feel that he could do both sides, depending on where he plays, he wouldn't have signed him. You know, there's got to be something in him that he sees. And yeah, there are going to be times where you are going to have to run back. You're not going to... I mean, you look at Martellini and Saka, two of the most attacking players... And and also you think of um, Gabriel Jesus. Sometimes Gabriel Jesus is playing defensive midfielder. That just shows a, I mean, that just maybe his character, but just, that just shows how much they get back. You see the same thing with Saka. Sometimes he's playing in a right back position. You see the same with Martinelli tracking back uh, wingers. All um, and it springs to the to the, I think the Spurs game when we beat them uh, at home. And I remember when um, Emerson Royal got sent off, it was because Martin Lindley was tracking back, got the ball back, and then Emerson Royal fouled him. So, you know, it, it shows the commitment that the players have. And like I said, I don't think Arteta's is going to allow him not to track back. So, like you, I think we just got to sit back and wait. You know, there could be, you know, it could turn out to be an absolutely brilliant signing. It could turn out not to be a good, not so good signing. So I think it's one of the ones where we're hopeful and like everyone is, like we, we want things to happen, but at the same time, I think, um, we just got to wait. Like we, we, we wait in hope and hopefully he can come and whatever position he plays, whether it be midfield or it be attacking midfield, whether it be up front, wherever Teta decides to deploy him. Um, that'd be uh, a good look. Um, I think some of the games that will coming up n- next, I think it would be a good indication of where he's gonna play and sort of the team that Arteta sees. Um Julian Timber, who's come in uh from Ajax for I think about 40 million pounds. Uh basically a centre back and also play right back. Um I think a little bit left back and a little bit defensive midfield, but predominantly he's a centre back who can also play right back. Um What do you think of him, Ellis? Uh, He done well in Ajax last season. And I think I read through some of the Ajax um, Twitter feeds. I just didn't want to see what some, like get the feeling of what they were losing. And I would say 90% of the Ajax Twitter feed was people missing him saying, I can't believe we sold him. I can't believe he's going. Like, so, you know, when the fans don't want to sell you, that's a good indication. Um, Obviously, unless you watch the Iredivisie, um you, you probably go on YouTube and see the highlights. Um, and I'm sure you and, you've and you done that as well as I have. Um, what do you think of his signing? And do you feel that he has a starting place at Arsenal or do you think he's going to have to come off the bench?
1: Um, they're good questions. Again, I, like, you, like you alluded to, I don't, I don't watch much Eredivisie. I saw a bit of Ajax in there good Champions League run a few seasons ago, but from memory I I don't think he particularly stood out then if he was even in the team then, I can't remember, Um, so I haven't really seen much of him, but from what I've seen, what I've listened to on other pods, highlight reels I've seen on YouTube (laughs) I think he is a very Mikel Arteta signing he's a versatile player who can play in more than one position and play well in more than one position and he's another defender who's comfortable with the ball at his feet. Um, in terms of whether he's going to come in straight away and be a starter, I don't know. I find it difficult to see him taking a place. Over Benoit, he's had such a good season um, over Saliba Gabriel, And certainly not Sinchenko. But I think what we've got there is tremendous cover. But you... If you look at the sort of amount of games that Man City played last season, how many games their defenders played, how many times. If anyone plays FPL, if you pick a Man City defender, it's almost a game of Russian roulette where they actually get a full 90 minutes because they can just swap them out with another defender. And I think and a lot of people probably would agree and pinpoint the, the moment our season took that turn for the worse was the Saliba injury. And to bring in someone like Holding, who just doesn't match what Saliba does in the team. I'm not as critical as everyone can be or has been of Rob Holding, but he certainly doesn't suit what this Arsenal team wants to do with its defenders, whereas Jurian Timber does. And if Saliba is injured or Saliba needs to be rested, he can certainly play that position. And if Ben White needs to be rested, is injured, he can play that position. So he he covers two roles or two... two, um, positions, but he's also comfortable enough on the ball to sort of step into midfield. If you've watched any of his high luck reels, you'll see him carry the ball forward. Uh, I I saw someone that Mikel actually mentioned that he doesn't really like his defenders to carry the ball forward, but it's certainly a skill that will be good. And if you're going to start thinking about potentially inverting your right side as well as your left side or switching players out and just not being as sort of predictable, like towards the end of the season, it's predict- predictable that Sinchenko is going to revert. Perhaps maybe one, one game you don't start Sinchenko starts in and you have a more solid left-back that isn't going to bomb forward, isn't going to revert into midfield and you have Jürgen Chimbre on the right-back and he's the one reverting and it It gives the opposition different things to think about. It makes us more versatile, makes us more flexible and it just makes our squad depth, which is going to be so important next season when we're playing Champions League football, just brings that squad depth up a level because... Rob Holding again. Like I said, I do like the player. Um, I'm grateful for what he's done for Arsenal, but he is a big drop off from our or from our original starting sort of back four. What about yourself, Carl? You, are you how are you feeling about it? Do you think he's going straight in, or do you think it's a more of a sort of rotation
0: option? I think definitely rotation option. I, I the starting back four from last season deserves to start this season. I don't unless after to see something in training. I don't feel any of them deserve to leave their place. I was, I'll be very honest with you, I was really worried about Saliba because, as you know, working in the medical field, um, Ellis, when you get a back injury, that is horrible. Like, it really is, and it could go at any time. And, you know, there's no quote-unquote cure for a back injury. It's rest, isn't it? Like, there's a lot of rest, I sit. it. Um, and especially some of the movement that as a footballer has to do. Um, I, I think I honestly think that there will be times when Saliba will be rested. Like you're not gonna see Saliba starting every single game this season because I honestly feel that they're gonna have to be really, really careful with his back injury. And if he feels it even a little bit, that's it. He comes out, takes it, he takes a rest. And I think you're right what you're saying. As much as we love Rob Holding, the the, the drop off from Saliba a Holding was massive. It was it was huge, and I'm not saying he's the re- I'm not saying that he's the reason why we lost the league, but did it contribute? 100. Of course it did. Um, and I think that when you've got someone like Timba who can come in, and the drop off won't be that much then obviously you're you're hoping, of course, that whatever decision, wherever he comes in or whoever comes in, you're hoping that the drop-off in any part of the team is not that bad. But I think, you know, the way that Arteta does like people to play, I know you said he doesn't like people to come out with a ball, but he likes people to have control of the ball. And I think where Rob Holding doesn't, you know, he's an old-school defender, get the ball, hoof it up. He's not good with his feet, unfortunately. That's just not his game. So, um, and that changed obviously Arsenal's dynamics and the way that we play. And, you know, it was it hurt last season. Seemed that him struggle a little bit because we only we was only really used to him coming on um, Europa League games or last five minutes. Sits in the sits in the middle, headers it out. That's it. That, that was his game. So yeah, he he kind of struggled. But Timba, hopefully will come in he'll do a job and I think Arteta's got to kind of heavily rotate this season and I say that because you know we're not talking about Europa League we're talking about the Champions League now and no matter who we get whether we get a quote-unquote easy draw or a hard draw um, Arteta knows that he can't play every single he can't play the same team every single game like he did last season I mean we saw the drop-off in Saka towards the end of last season, he was just tired. He was absolutely tired. And, you know, it, um you saw Thomas Partey as well. The fact that, you know, he dropped off as well. Everyone just kind of had a, a little drop off. And I think that's because of fatigue. We just didn't rotate enough. And hopefully this season, we can do that a bit more because I will talk about our marquee signing. We finally got our man, 105 great British pounds for Declan Rice. I this was probably the longest saga ever. I mean, how long did it take to sign? And I get it. When you when you're spending 105 million pounds on a player, you want to cross those T's on dot those I's and make sure that everything is bang on A-OK. And I think we kind of fucked West Ham about as well because they fucked us about with the price, so we was kind of like we're not in a rush. I think the fact that we knew we was the only club in for him, he wanted us, uh, we wanted him, and that was it. And I think that, you know, I'm sure West Ham had lost out on some some of their signings because we never released some of the money because I think they were being dicks about it as well, like talking about they want a, a, an upfront fee um, early. And I don't think that's how football transfers were. You can tell it is West Ham's one and only marquee signing and they will never have this again and they didn't know how to act. So because they didn't know how to act, this is why they wanted the deal structured in a way that they wanted it, and it just seemed a bit weird. But, you know, we finally got our man. Um, What do you think about the signing? Are you, why are you happy with the signing and the price? Because I think the price is quite important. He doesn't set the price, but that, that's him. And obviously he's always going to be known as a 100 million pound man. That's no matter what he does, um, whether it be good or bad if he does something good people say well he's 100 million he should be good if he does something bad it'll be he's worth 100 million he should be doing that so what do you think about the price and
1: do you think he comes straight into the team as well? 100% he comes straight into the team um, he, I, I, don't, I don't think he's spending that amount of money and he's not a, a guaranteed starter I think he will most probably take the party role um, and it looks like, again, we'll, we'll see in these upcoming um, USA Tour fixtures what our midfield free is going to be. But I imagine it's probably going to be Declan and the single pivot role with Odegaard and um, have it to either side a bit more advanced. Um, but yeah, I think <laughs> from the moment we missed out on, on Modric in January, it started leaking into the press, didn't it? Uh, we were after Declan Rice. He was our main target. We're going to go for him. Um, when the summer window opened, and as soon as it did open, there was information going around. I, I don't think, in from memory, I can remember a transfer that was covered so much every minute detail, whether it be what the prices were breaking on, breaking down to how many, the structure, the payments were, um, what the add-ons were, someone else was giving them for it how the West Ham laughed at a bit. all this information, whether that was purely a sort of West Ham ploy to leak all that information to try and get us to, to get to that 100 million barrel that they set for him, I don't know. But yeah, it was a long overdue and even, I don't know how many days after it was announced that he'd actually, it, the, the clubs had agreed, they actually took for him to have his medical and have the official announcement on, on Saturday. And it, it just felt like an age. But what a signing. In, in terms of, of the price... It, I don't want to put a negative spin on it. I really don't because sign in probably England's future captain once Harry Kane retires eventually. Um, Potentially our future captain as well. Obviously, I know we've got Odegaard, but he, he's definitely going to be, from what I've seen of him, is going to be part of that leadership group and a player that has is just completely dominated his position in the league um, at West Ham as well. Uh, it's... It's exciting. It's really exciting. To have it feels like a, a proper momentum signing, like a momentum shift going from. Well, this is we've never done anything like this. I know we spent money recently. Um, well, not that long ago, we spent sixty-five million approx on Havertz so a, a few weeks ago, and obviously the Pepe signing. So we, have in recent years started to spend money, but of this magnitude, an English player as well, like. It's just, it's just not something I'd ever envisage Arsenal would do. But the price tag does worry me. If you look at the, the sort of the top ten players in the Premier League that have gone for the most money, looking at um, more recently with uh, um, Jack Grealish, a lot of them haven't really been successful or been a bit, of a, a bit touch and go. Even Grealish for a while, people he had that price tag hanging over his head, and people were. We're saying he wasn't really living to those heights. Um, But I think, going back on the list, you're looking at, I think Lukaku appears on there twice, once when he was bought by Man United and once when he was bought by Chelsea. And mm. um For argument's sake, he Se- 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 sort of flopped there as well. You've got Pogba, who didn't have the, the greatest career at, at Man United after doing so well. At Juventus probably brought him back. Um Who else was there? Got
0: Enzo from to Chelsea who yeah. is still out and at the moment.
1: He's yeah, not yeah, it's, it's, up the it's, stage. He's, he's not been there long enough. I'm trying to say is Harry Maguire also up there. Yeah, in, 80 he million. Must he must mm-hmm. be in the top ten. So another uh, another United player who's sort of flopped there. Um, so yeah, it is a is a lot of money to put him. I, th- I I don't think though that is something that would get Declan Rice as much. He seems like a strong character. I, I can't. When you, when you look at how he sort of holds himself and how he communicated um, in all the sort of backstage sort of videos of him and how he s- seems to be communicating in, in, in training already with the guys, He's, he seems like a very strong character. So I'm not sure that will affect him. I'm, I'm, I'm more worried about the expectations that the fans will have, and not necessarily the fans, but the media. So you look at if we have a bit of a rocky start for the season... It's going to be all over the place, isn't it? 105 million taken rice doesn't sell the ship, or yada yada yada, or whatever. There will be pressure on him. I hope it doesn't get to him. It does make me worry, but it's again, I think it was the Arsenal vision I heard. It's, it's not a position you can really attribute too many stats to it. What stats in terms of like physical things, like goals, like if you're a forward, you're going to be judged. On the goals you score. If you're an attacking midfielder you're gonna be judged on the assists and the goals you score. If you're uh goalkeeper it's gonna be clean sheets and saves, and if you throw one in the net, look at David De Gea, he got the golden glove this season, but he was at fault for a lot of goals and people don't remember <laughs> the the they remember those 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 goals that slip through his his G string fingers and into the back of the net. Whereas a, a central defensive midfielder there isn't Unless he's going to make a complete how it leads to a goal, there's not really anything sort of negative you can attribute to that. And the things you're, or the things he does so well, sort of winning possession back, breaking up attacks, it's, it's 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 not something that directly stands up on a bit, piece of paper like a goal does or like a stat that flashes up on the screen. So potentially that might help him, um, but it is going back to the positive side of things. It is a statement signing. Arsenal mean business. We've spent a lot of money. Um. We challenged probably a bit earlier than we thought for a title, and and did fall away. And we strengthened, strengthened. Sorry. Um, and in terms of the position he's going to play, and like you asked earlier, is he going to be a starter? Yeah, he will be a starter. He's going to, I think, he's going to take over Partey's place. And in terms of his fitness levels compared to Partey, how many how many games did Partey miss this season and the season before before that? Whereas Declan Rice, Touchwood. Um, injury records are quite good and doesn't miss many games so whether you think he's at Partey's level or not you're getting him for a lot more minutes a lot more games than you're probably going to get Partey for this season and obviously we send Jack Jacka leave Partey is similar age it's time we start phasing him out and bringing in a, a younger more youthful sort of midfield which looks like we're doing what was your initial reaction? Uh, I say initial reaction. It's been coming. It's been coming for two months, hasn't it? But in terms so, of when we actually signed him, was it a relief? Was it, a, was it over? Like, how did you? Feel you know it? I don't know why because it dragged out a little bit. It kind of
0: lost a little bit of the not the shine. I mean, don't get it wrong. I'm very happy that we signed him, and I'm extremely happy um, that he didn't get the the plain old video. That um, Timber and Kai Habert's got because you know when you spend hundred million pound on the player, you want the whole razzmatazz, and I'm happy that they, you know, they got a whole video for him because you know it's, it's something that I felt that like needed something bigger. Um, I'm extremely happy. I'm happy that we got our man finally. Um, it, do you know what it is? You, you hit the nail on the head. Like there's no there's no kind of attribute you can uh, attribute to a. Defensive, quote unquote, defensive midfielder, whether you're going to call it box to box, whatever decision position he plays. So you're right. And the price tag will hang over him because anytime you spend 100 million pounds on a player, it's always going to. But yeah, I think he'll be protected by Arteta. I think anytime something happens, you, you will definitely see um, Arteta jump to his aid. And I think. He's going to fit into the squad really well because he knows so many people. I mean, um, he's got Saka that he, he he's known for ages uh, from the England setup, Ketia that he's known from his Chelsea days, um, Aaron Ramsdale. So he's going to integrate into the squad, and you can see, you can like by the videos that Arsenal release, um, the squad is like it's almost like a family. Like there's no outsiders. I mean, you got people. I mean, I saw. Uh, One of the videos where they were on the plane when they were traveling to America and El Nene. And I was like, oh, flipping hell, I forgot about, like, completely forgot about El Nene. And he was sitting around with all the guys, like, chatting and, like, and it just seems like, you know, someone who hasn't been away for ages, like, just comes slot straight back in. So, yeah, I don't really see that pressure getting to him. Um, And you're right, when someone stands out at West Ham, um, you, you look at them and you think to yourself, Oh, like he's that good? Is at West Ham. When he comes to Arsenal, he's gonna be playing with better players. He's gonna probably play like he's gonna be more demanding because people Arteta is not gonna want what David Moyes want. he's David? Um, no respect to David. No disrespect to David Moyes, but he's gonna to need to do more at Arsenal than he did at um, West Ham, and he might even find his job a little bit easier, respectfully, because where is that I? Use that West Ham. You know, he had to. You know, he had to defend. He had to really, really defend. And I think at Arsenal, he's going to have to do exactly the same job, but it'll be much easier because people around him will be better. So I'm kind of happy with him. I think you're right. We just need to, once we see these three games in America, three games in America against the All-Stars, Man United and Barcelona, uh, you'll see, you know, what kind of shape that we're going to play. Then obviously when we come back, we've got the Emirates cup game and also the um, charity shield game against city. So I think that will be very, very good. And if one thing, I, one thing I really, really like is that nobody knows what we're going to do. Everyone's guessing. I mean, yeah, you could probably name the front three of Saka, Martinelli, and Jesus. That's for sure. Maybe you could name the back four. Um, of um, the, the teams that played last season. But the midfield, I can change it up. And the fact of the matter is that we can change up our midfield, which is really, really good. Um, talking about players coming in, there's one more player um, or one position. I'm going to talk about coming in. That's the right-hand side. Now, I know we've got Nelson. And Nelson, at the moment, is out for two weeks. with a toe injury. I think the over-reliance on Saka really, really, really um, didn't help us last season. And I don't know if you've seen today, um, we've been linked to Kudus from um, Ajax. Mm -hmm. So what if we get it over the line? What do you think of that? Do you think of that, say... A sign obviously that's going to help us because Saka definitely is going to need a rest next season. He can't play every Premier League game for ninety minutes and then play every Champions League game.
1: Yeah, it's, it's certainly a position we need cover all. Like you said, like your yeah, like highlight, we're going to be playing a high level of competition and ideally be in the cups for a bit longer than what we were last season. And we can't, we can't keep playing. I think Nelson is a is, is a good enough cover, cover sort of Europe, well he's not in the Europa League now are we, but when we were in the Europa League he's good enough cover for Saka in terms of early stages of the FA Cup and the League Cup he is. Champions League though, I'm yet to be sort of impressed enough by Nelson to think that he's ever going to be cover for him in the Champions League unless it's a relatively easy group stage game so he's he's going to have to cover Saka. It I don't, I don't know much about this guy from Ajax. So like I said, I, I saw it today. I also saw a rumour how true it is of um, us being in for um, Gio Felix. Again, never really slow our in interest. There's another player who can play across the front three that would offer um, cover for not only Saka, but obviously Jesus and, and, and Martine if needs be. Um, I think if that is going to happen... In whether, whoever it be that we pick to, to be right wing cover or another put forward to cover the right wing, I think we're probably going to have to sell before we we buy. There's a lot of money. Been yes,
0: that's what I wanted to come on to very, very neatly. Our squad it's kind of looking like Chelsea at the moment. It's very, very bloated. So so many... floor in
1: that Declan Rice. Uh, <laughs> 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 He's <hasn't laughs> got a chair to sit on, poor guy.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's. Um, I mean, at the moment on our books, I think we've got like five goalkeepers: Ramsdale, Ranasen, Turner, Acunco, and Hein. Yeah, five goalkeepers. Like, so we've got so many players on our books and you know there has to be some outs and you know there's been rumors and um talk about people who go in and we haven't even seen Pepe that's something I want to talk to actually let's talk about Pepe now like Pepe has been nowhere to be seen he's not be, he's definitely not in the tour to America he didn't go to Germany he's been in no training videos no there's been zero talk of him at all like I don't even know he's still at the club Um, which is would tend to indicate that maybe he's not going to be part of the squad. Well, yeah, more than that, he's not going to be part of the squad. Um, What do you think about that? Because, like I said, he's literally been frozen out. Well, I don't want to say frozen out, but there's been no talk of him at all. And he's not even been anywhere near um, the Arsenal first team. So what do we do with a problem like Pepe? Do we cancel his contract? Do we... Set him for any nominal fee that we can because clearly Arteta does not want him at all, doesn't Hasn't got time, not hasn't got time for him, but he's not in his plans whatsoever. So, what do we do?
1: It's a shame that the Saudi Arabian club haven't come in for Pepe. It's funny how they seem to only buy players from teams they have a potential vested interest in, isn't it? <clears throat> um, <laughs> but yeah, I think. And I, I did some polls sort of on Twitter earlier today sort of gauging what people's opinions on, on transfers under, under Mikel Arteta and how well they've worked. Obviously, Pepe wasn't a player that's coming into him. He came um, into the Uni Emory reign. Um, and I think the only sort of negative thing you could sort of say towards Eddie and Arteta recently is our, our selling. In terms of recruitment... And we'll we'll go over those those a bit later in the pod. In terms of our recruitment, which has been relatively sound, our ability to sell players has been poor. And again, you can flip reverse that. We had a a a Europa League squad with players on Champions League wages, so it was really difficult to sell underperforming stars who are on a lot of money and your your Mammyang, your Azul's, yada yada yada, and Pepe sort of falls in that category. He is not performing well and he's on quite a high wage that not many people are going to want to match for what he's, his output has been in the last couple of seasons. In his Arsenal career, when he was playing, his his, his goals and assists, his, his contributions, weren't awful. Um, not much is said about Sancho, but he's outperformed more than... Pepe's performed well enough for Arsenal than he has for United. <laughs> But it's difficult. I think he's probably going to be one of those players, like a like Ozil, who will terminate their contract by mutual consent and he'll move on probably to back to, to Ligna, where he belongs, where his talent probably is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's bad. I do feel a bit sorry for him, but he's clearly not on the kel Arteta type of player and unfortunately if he can't get himself to the levels that Miguel Arteta wants and he needs to go and if we can't find a seller for him then it is going to unfortunately mean that he'll probably just leave on a free or have his contract terminated what's your feelings on him
0: I think the fact that he's not anywhere to be seen would indicate that he's going to leave that's 100% it's just how he leaves Um. I think you're right. I'm not too sure what went wrong. Something did, and I'm not too sure what. Um, whether it's a confidence thing, whether I mean the league, the, the the season before he came to Arsenal, he was tearing up trees in um, in France. You know, he, he done so well. He's like the highest goal scorer. Like he just done everything. But I just, he came over here, and whether he was used correctly, whether he whether he his lifestyle wasn't the same, whether it's a language barrier, I, I have no idea. But he came over here and it wasn't the pepper that you saw in France. And again, he doesn't set his price tag. It's not his fault. It's, it's not up to him. Um, I mean, the, the stats, anyone's watching on um, YouTube can see it. Uh, in 2018 2019, he scored 42 goals. Like that's that's ridiculous. Took 42 goals, and 23 assists. That is that's phenomenal. Like that is phenomenal numbers. Um, and he come to England and just couldn't. He just didn't do it. It's just, and I don't know, something went wrong. Whatever it is, something went wrong. And you know he came over. He played for Unai Emery and. He tried his best, didn't work. Arteta gave him a chance, and uh, unfortunately, it just didn't work. So, you know, he went on f- loan in France as well this season or oh, last season, or whatever you want to call it now. when the, When is the actually that's a good question? When is the crossover for this and last season? Like, are we now calling it this season now, or is it still last season? Like, I genuinely have no idea. I'm on Let's
1: <laughs> last season technically it's finished none of it but no, we haven't started the new season yeah it's oh, last, season. last season well, we're now yeah last
0: season he season went on loan <laughs> uh, true yeah he's in on loan last season didn't tear up trees in France uh, in the slightest so what do we do like what what is it that we do with him I think the problem is like you said he's on such a high wage I don't know who's going to take him Saudi uh, it's weird that no Saudi club like you said has come in for him hasn't really um, said oh yeah we'll take him and I've got a feeling we're going to end up cancelling his wage um, just to get him off the books I think that's the that's the key like Danny is putting on the screen here he's on £140,000 a week and again that's that's our fault because we have given that to him so that's nothing to do with him and if he doesn't want to terminate his contract then so be it because at the end of the day if someone says I'm going to pay you 140 grand for the next five years and then they decide they don't want to oh can you terminate your contract for free why should he like there's no there's no reason why he should none at all so when things like that happen I don't blame him at all but I think what you've got to look at now is where does he go? What do you do with him? If he's not, like, he's not even training with the first team, he's nowhere to be seen. Clearly, he must be training alone somewhere with a view to maybe his agent saying, you know what, let's just find another club somewhere. And I think that's what's going to end up happening, but it's sad. Like, you wanted it to work out. But it is what it is. Um, Do you see Rob Holding staying? And I say that because right now, when you've got someone like Timber, does Rob Holding even is now is Rob Holding now our fourth choice centre back? Like do you think it's time for him and Arsenal to part their ways and Rob Holding to go to maybe a lower level Premier League club to, you know, get regular game time?
1: I mean he could potentially be our fifth choice centre back, because Tommy you can play centre-back, Ben White can play centre-back as well, you got Keywall you got obviously Timber coming in so there's a lot of players there that in terms of, like we're talking about that dropper from quality who are a lot better on the ball than, than Rob Holding is, I think if I was him no matter how much he likes Arsenal and no matter how much he might like the lifestyle at Arsenal I think he would probably be thinking about a move I think he knows he hasn't got much game time like I've just mentioned all of those players are potentially ahead of him in terms of a centre back starting position I think at best he might I don't even know I don't know if he'll make the bench the players we got we obviously had the who was it the bid 2.5 million recently yeah I think so which I think he's worth more than that. I think he's, oh yeah, he's worth a good five million from somewhere out of England. And if if an English club come in for him, then I'd be inclined to try and get up to ten. But you will see. I, I think he could do a job in the Premier League for a, a mid to low table team that play sort of defensive style football and sit back a bit more. I think he'd fit in quite well there. He's been a great servant to Arsenal. He's just unfortunately not at the level that we are at now. I think we went from challenge for the title, and the next step up is to to do that more sustainable and hopefully win a title. And I don't think he's at that level to be in a title winning team. Personally, I in, in terms of, <clears throat> in terms of the rest of the top four, I, or potential top four big six, whatever you want to call it, the, the guys going for top four. I don't think he really gets any on the team, really. Which is no. sounds harsh, but it's probably true. He's just not what we need right now, and I think that is obvious from the players we brought in over the windows that we've had.
0: Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with you. I think when if everybody's fit, I don't think he makes the bench. Because I don't think there's space for him on that bench, so it, it'd be very interesting to see, you know, how many times he actually does get on the bench, if and when everyone's fit. Um, at the start of the transfer window, there's a lot of talk about Kieran Tierney leaving, and um, that talk's kind of gone really, really quiet now. Um, do you
1: just quickly do you think that he stays? If you'd ask me. A month ago, a week ago, I'd say he's definitely going and I would have said he'd be off to Newcastle, that seemed to be the the consensus on Twitter and uh, on, in social media but that has completely cooled off really, at the moment I, Again, he's a very competent backup to Sinchenko but I wouldn't label him in, in, him in the same bracket as Rob Holding in terms of drop of and quality from our centre-backs that he provides but in terms of the left back position I think he's a very good left back and like I've just mentioned he's been linked to a Premier League team that is in the Champions League this season so he's, he's clearly of that quality I just don't think he sort of suits the structure that we've got in the moment and whether that be the case that we didn't really have anyone that could do this Inchenko role on the other flank which made it difficult and Tierney can't do that role. I think that's obvious for many people to see he's more of a run down the wing, putting across, sort of bottom up and down, not in inverting, not passing, spraying rules. That's not his strengths, it never will be. Um it's potentially with Timber doing something similar on the other flank, and we could potentially keep him and he can just do what he's best at. I don't know. I I think again going back to the selling in terms of assets that we could make money on or she was more of a sellable asset. I think Tierney is probably one of them and if a decent enough offer comes in for him this summer, I think he probably will go. It, there just doesn't seem to be much news of that at the moment.
0: Yeah, I think it's... Um, I mean, I'd be happy to keep him. I genuinely would. I don't... I think when you talk about the Zinchenko I don't think that's his game. I think that obviously, uh, you know, Arteta has come in and wanting to change the way things are played, and rightly so. That's his team. We can do it. But I would, I don't think you find a backup left back um, for the price that he. Oh, I've lost Ellis. Hopefully he comes back soon. But um, I don't think that you find another left back uh, with the same quality as um, Kieran Tierney. I just don't see it. I think the amount of money you're going to have to spend as well on buying another player, you're just not going to do it. And I think there are other people in the squad who... um, There are other people in the squad or other places in the squad who we could utilise the money for. Sorry, I know you just dropped up there. I was saying, I just don't feel like the money that we're him for, we'd be able to get a competent left-back for that price, I think you'd end up paying a little bit more. So, um, I'd be happy to keep him. Like, genuinely, I'd be really happy to keep him. And um, because he's not a bad player, he just doesn't fit the role that Arteta wants him to play. He, he's a decent player and he does his job. But he just sadly doesn't, the things that Arteta wants him to do as a in drop into midfield, that's not his game. Never has been, never will be. And to try now and change your game when you've been playing one way all your life is really, really hard. So uh, I don't know. But talking about another left-back, Nunu Tavares, what do you do, I guess, with him? Um, My opinion, I think he's got to be sold. I just don't think he's good enough. He went to League on. did didn't really tear up trees there uh sadly i just don't it sometimes it just doesn't work out for players and i know people say he's young you know he he's been away with the portuguese under 21 um championship in um, the euros he was uh, there but do you, you know sometimes you 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 can hold on to a player for too long hoping that they will become good and i just don't know if he will so what what do you think about um Either sell him, let him go on loan, or keep him in the squad.
1: I'd say so if we can get an amount for him, which again will be difficult. I mean, his loan at Marseille wasn't awful. I'm looking at the stats that Danny's put up on the on the screen there. Six goals for Marseille is a pretty good return for a, for a left back, isn't it? Um, so he's 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 an okay player again. I keep mentioning it about the other players that we spoke about previously. He's just not at the level that we need right now. It's as simple as that, um, and it boils down to trying to sort of sell the players that we don't need in the squad. Um, potentially, with the loan he's had at Marseille, there might be some suitors in in Liga that's in a play and might think they'll they'll take him off our hands for um, an amount. <laughs> but I think. Talking about Nuno Tavares, that sort of segues nicely into the polls that I've done. Unless you've got anything else that you want to sort of speak about in terms of in- incomings and outgoings.
0: No, I think most of the players that we know they're definitely going to leave. I'll just do it quickly. So we know Cedric's definitely going to leave because he didn't even make the plane to America. Um, so that just shows that he's going to definitely leave. Um, Laconga will more than likely go on loan somewhere. Hopefully, somewhere to like Burnley Um, because we'll see about that. Um, I guess you still got a problem with either what you do with Baligan, uh, Eddie or Marquinhos. You know, these are the players that hopefully might get another loan. Um, We'll see probably another touch on another podcast. But go ahead, Ellis, let's talk about your poll that you did.
1: Yeah, so I've been thinking about it for a little while um, and thought it might be a bit of good content. Uh, on the podcast sort of rate obviously I think if, if if you were going to rate our purely our incomings this summer this window I think a lot of people would rate our window really highly I think with the just areas that we need we've mentioned there might be one area in terms of cover for Saka that we might need um, but in terms of the actual players themselves I think we're all quite happy with the players that we brought in uh, obviously there were some of us have had questions initially of guy habits but I think most of us sort of have warmed to the idea Um but I, just, I personally think that in terms, if you boil it down to sort of under Arteta and, and Edu, we've had some we've had some hits, we've had some misses, and it was more about sort of signing since then and what people on Twitter felt would be a hit or a miss. And obviously to sort of gauge your opinion as well, Carl, so um, obviously Arteta signed midway through the 2019-2020 season. Um, he got in a couple of loans um Two of them being Cedric and Marley, Cedric, who we who we spoke a bit about already, um, and then they became permanent in the in the summer transfer window. So the, sort of the, the permanent transfers in his first summer window. Um, the first one that I've got here, I don't know if Danny brought it up. He's getting, finding it. It's my pin tweet, they Oh, he's going. Ooh. Go to my pin tweet. This is great, isn't it? <laughs> so the first one is is William, who was a free transfer initially from Chelsea quite a, a resounding miss there out of I haven't closed this poll off it's still going for 14 hours whereas the rest are meant to only be seven hours 97.9 percent of people have voted him as a miss and 2.1 percent of people I don't know who's voted in was a hit what's your opinion on a on, on William uh Carl
0: William was awful. Sorry, I don't care what anyone says. He was absolutely awful. He, I remember people coming in saying, oh, he can play centre midfield. He's going to be a dynamo. He's going to be brilliant. He was He was poor, the, you know, no matter what. I remember, do you remember he went through a spread of games where he just, he didn't do anything. Like, I remember he got on the, his first game. It was a way to Fulham, wasn't it? I'm sure it was. And he came on that game and he was like, Oh, he was he was brilliant. It, it reminded me of, list, wasn't it? Yeah, it reminded me of Danny Sabayos. Do you remember Danny Sabayos' first game and for Arsenal? And everyone thought, oh my god, we signed out this genius. He's flipping brilliant. He had feet for days. Like he was brilliant. And then he didn't do fuck all. <laughs> um and that reminded me of William. Like he came in for the first game away to Fulham. Absolutely brilliant. And then he didn't do anything. Not like, literally didn't do nothing and then I think maybe at the end of the season like he scored like this brilliant free kick I can't remember who against but he scored like a wicked free kick and we was like where the fuck's that been all season like <laughs> yeah. I don't get it but yeah uh William for me was a shocking signing
1: I think there, there, there is a bit of a theme so going through the sort of the players that have been more resounding misses a couple of players who only signed in the January when they are just gone and some of the young players I've also added not just hit or miss or I put a too early to tell, but a lot of the resounding misses, there is a sort of theme. So William, obviously a big miss. I don't think many people can argue that wasn't a successful transfer, but he was a free transfer. So there is a theme with all the ones that have been misses haven't really, under Edu and Artessa haven't really cost us a great deal. So the, the second one there, we spoke a bit about Cedric. Um, he was alone in January and then he was made permanent from Southampton um, in in the summer and I've got a 91% as a miss and a 9% as a hit. You got anything to add to that, Carl? Or are you pretty much nope, he was, in agreement?
0: He was bad as well. He was not bad, not worth the money at all. He wasn't even free, it was 5 million and I still think 5 million was too much. And that was it. That's it. Nothing got to say.
1: <laughs> and he doesn't even have a chair to sit on anymore. Um, and then the other, the other loney that was also made permanent that summer was Pablo Marie, who was, since left us 83.2% miss and 16.8% hit. Now, Carl, I don't know if you saw the chat in our WhatsApp chat, but can you guess which one of the ABD ABW members put Mary down as a hit? <laughs> no, it's only going to be one of two, and it's either going to be Josh or Chris. Like, no, yeah, nail on the head. It was it was Josh. Chris didn't comment, but Josh put him down as a hit. Um, because apparently we recuperated most of the money we spent on him.
0: (laughs) So, you know, if that makes him a hit, what about the money (laughs) that we spent on wages? But, all right. Um, I don't Um, think he was terrible, but I didn't think he was bad either.
1: No, I I think Josh's argument was the fact that it allowed Arteta to move more to a a left-footed centre-back and get across his way of how they play in defence. And obviously when we got a lot, got a better player in that position in, who we're coming on to now, which is Gabrielle Eyes. I can't say his surname, so that's what it's going to be called. Um, quite a resounding hit there, 97.8% and mm-hmm. 2.2% miss. I don't know who's voting these misses. That's harsh, isn't it? Um, job, isn't it? Yeah, he's um,
0: <laughs> yeah, he's a hit. There's nothing more to say in it. Like, he's definitely uh, a hit. He's done well. I think for the price we've got him in, he's formed a brilliant partnership with uh, Saliba. So, yeah.
1: What well, it's going to be difficult to say, but when we in, initially signed him, did you did you foresee him playing? Or obviously we didn't know he was going to play with Saliba but did you for, sort of foresee him sort of getting that position for himself and being the the first choice left sided centre back? Or? Um, I, initially when
0: he came in, I didn't think he was going to be a starter. Uh, I knew we needed a left footed centre back, and those are really hard to find and and rare. So when he came in and sort of started playing, everyone's like, "Oh, it's not too bad." Then he was doing well, but you know, he's got the occasional wicket in him. You know, there's he's got the occasional brain fart moment. You know, and and that's what I think that's what scares people. You know, the games that stick out are the Fulham game last season, where don't know what he was doing with that pass back. Uh, the Man City game, I think the season before, we just had a brain fart moment. I got like two yellow cards in know, about 10 minutes, wasn't it? Or something stupid like that. He just has these moments where he just gets angry. He has a red mist about him, but he wouldn't be the player he is without that. So I don't want to take mm-hmm. nothing away from him. No defender is perfect. Um, if he could just cut out the silly mistakes that he does, he'd be a brilliant player. I think he's a very emotional guy
1: and he is still sort of in that young bracket, is he 24 25? Something on them lines, yeah. So, he's still got in terms of maturity rise, like centre backs out of most positions sort of mature a lot later in their career, don't they? And that sort of hot headedness that you've highlighted, uh, I imagine with maturity and with age, that'll probably calm down a bit. But I-, I certainly didn't foresee him becoming the player who's come. I think, obviously, we'd signed Saliba, I think, the season before, hadn't we, and then loaned him out. And I was a bit sort of struck. I I, I imagined that Saliba would be sort of coming into the role that he was going to play, but to see it now and the the, the partnership they built yeah. is just amazing, really. Um, and next up on my sort of threads, we're still in that same uh, summer transfer window of uh, twenty 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 one, and it's one of the five goalkeepers, uh, Runnison, two million from Dijon, uh, ninety five point six percent miss and a four point four percent hit. Anything to add to that, Carl, or is that pretty much No, let's pretty just let's just keep him moving. We'll, is, we'll move on past him, shall yeah. we? And then Thomas Partey. Um, we haven't really spoke much about Thomas Partey and where he potentially fits in this coming season or where he may go. But 50 million or 50 million euros, I should say, from Atletico. Um, I think that was his release clause at the time when we signed him and it was triggered mm-hmm. quite late in the window, wasn't it? um he's a ninety two percent hit and an eight percent miss which isn't really surprising when he has been fit and when he has played consistently i think he's been one of our most important and one of our best players and it was part of that that run the one it was good last season he played a big part in that with granite shacker as well in midfield um not really on this topic but if a big enough bid came from a a Saudi Raving Club, would you consider selling him this season? This summer, sorry? Um,
0: yes. But with the caveat that we'd have to replace him. It's not a case of sell him and not replace he'd have to be definitely replaced by who? I don't know. Talks of Lavia, could we get Kaiseido? <sighs> I don't know. But when the thing is with Partey, when he's good, he's good. He's absolutely brilliant. He's the problem is when he's when he's bad, he's bad, and he gives the ball away. And you know he has some shocking games. I remember the game uh, away to West Ham last season. He was not good. Like he just, and it's always like, I feel like he's not. I mean, last season I think was his most played season. He was fit quite often, but then he just has these moments again where he just drops off and he just drops off for games and games. I remember uh, us being in um, one of our chats and we were saying that he has to be dropped. And at the beginning of the season, that was something that we would never say because he was playing so well, but he literally just dropped off like completely. And I don't know, I don't want to talk about it, but if it anything to do with his on off field issues, but Um it's the drop-off was just was magnanimous. Like it was really weird. This is why I think when you talk about whether if he does stay, he's not going to be a starter. That I think Declan Rice does come in. I mean, if you got someone the quality of Thomas Parter to come off the bench, that's brilliant for you, or to be your replacement, that's that's excellent. But I just don't feel that at the moment. We can have that inconsistency with Thomas Partey. And that's not to say that Declan Rise not could be the same because we don't know. We don't know how it's going to be. But I think the fact that the that we I think this is was the key theme here about drop offs. I think the drop off from when Thomas Partey is good to when he's bad is huge, and we can't afford to carry passengers. I mean, Man United, Man United, hear me. Man City are you know when they have players that switching in there's almost no drop off at all and i think with thomas Partey, it's huge but i i wouldn't mind keeping him don't um i don't mind keeping him at all but if we do get a bid from a saudi club and i think i would love to be able to recoup what we what we bought him for so if we sold him for 40 £45 selling sell him for, I'll take a £5 million loss um, but we have to replace him, I, I just think that is a, a key thing
1: Yeah I, I take it the same, I, I think like you say, he's he's good enough backup although when he comes in cold he's he's not as good as when he's got a, a run of games behind him, but like you say, if a £45 million bid comes in for him it's not much of a loss, especially for someone who've got when he has been fit and wears, but we've got a decent amount of seasons out of them, haven't we? Um, but that sort of rounds off his Arteta and Edu's first sort of summer window together. And by my calculations, that was four misses and two hits. But like like I was saying, is there is a theme. The misses, although you can't recoup the wages that they've been paid, a free transfer for William, uh, a, a, a small payment for Cedric, a small payment for... <laughs> Bomari and Runnison was two million as well. Um, the two guys that have been resounding hits cost 26 and parto 50 and I've just spoken about potentially we can recoup quite a lot of that back if we can sell them to Saudi Arabia. So even the ones that haven't been a hit on the pitch, haven't been that much, haven't damaged us too much financially, which hasn't been the case previously. Um and then we move on to his his the big sort of window that he had in 2021-22. 20, um and we spoke a little bit about him. Um I was surprised by this one. Nuno Tavares. So his miss was 77.9%, but 22.1% of people said he was a hit. And there was 136 people voted in that one. I, are you surprised by that? Uh
0: extremely. I, I thought <laughs> I'm not a fan of Nuno Tavares. I think uh yeah, you could talk about he's young and you know he had some Again, he has some good moments, but he's had some really bad moments as well. And I think he's had more bad than he has done good. So, yeah, what's said about him, I just don't think he's good enough to be at Arsenal. And hopefully, we get some sort of money for him.
1: Hmm. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, next on the list, uh, Albert Sambi-Laconga, seventeen point five million euros. Again, Carl, uh, you made a comment on my euros. All these prices I have pinched from Transfermarkt who do in Euros because I'm too lazy to convert that into pounds. So there we go. Um, He came from Andalect in the summer, uh, 3.6% have put. He was a hit, 61.6% has put a miss. And he's the first person that I've added a too early to say and 34.8% of the people have voted. But it was a bit too early to say, what's your thoughts on Lukonga? We haven't really spoke about him yet. Um,
0: maybe it's too early to say. Uh, I think he went to Crystal Palace in the January. Didn't we? Re- I mean, obviously, had a change of manager when they got rid of um Vieira and Big Roy came in. I don't know why I really fancied him a lot. I would like to see him in a premiership playing for a different club. Um, I mean, there's I mean I don't know if it's just fan talk or real talk that he might be going to Burnley um I don't know what it is, I think it's more fan talk to be honest, I think it's more hopeful that he goes to Burnley because of their manager. With
1: the company, wouldn't he yeah he was and I think it's more, him think money, it's more that, fans. yeah um if I could, I'd sell him if we could, I don't know about you But again it potentially could be a bit too early to say, like a, a third of the people have voted to say. But I think we're at the level now where if, if, if he's not integrated himself into the team now and we can get a, a fee for him, he's young. If we can recuperate some of that 17.5 back, then I'd be all for it. Because if we're going to raise our level, he's probably not going to get anywhere in the team, especially if we manage to sell party and bring in someone else. That's just another player that's going to be in his way. Um, next on the list, I've got Benjamin White. 58.5 million euros from Brighton, a resounding hit there at 96.4%. Anything to add to that, Carl? Do you agree?
0: Yeah, we agree. He's, yeah, he's brilliant. Very yeah. good player.
1: Um, at the time, quite a, a hefty transfer fee. Were At the time, can you remember if you were surprised by that, if you had any concerns about that? Um,
0: anytime you play a lot of money for a player, especially, I think especially a player that you didn't really, um, unless you really, really watch football, you didn't really see Ben White's game because it kind of went under the radar. And there was nobody at all in world football, in Arsenal, Twitter, sphere talking about, let's sign Ben White. Nobody was doing that at all. Not one person. And I think when the link started talking about Ben White and obviously people took a little bit of interest like and people start saying oh we could play multiple positions we could play this It can play that blah 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 um, 50 million pounds looks like a steal now but at the time I wasn't impressed but the prices in football are just mad anyway like the, the market is fucked um, and it was and it's been fucked for a long time and it will be fucked for a very long time um, especially now that Saudis are involved now. So the the price of players is just going to be astronomical. Uh, so, you know, what could be like a, a £50 billion bargain flop could be a bargain at the time, and I think that's what Ben White is.
1: Yeah, and and hopefully in a season or two time, we can look at Declan Rice and think, ooh, that seemed like quite a lot of money at the time, but given what success he's had, we could hopefully be reflecting the same at the time. On reflection, it was more of a bargain. Again, I was probably similar to you, Carl. I thought we probably spent a bit too much money on a player that I didn't know much about. Um, But the way he's performed and the way he, when he played at centre-back with that partnership with Gabriel, he did more than I expected. And this new role he found himself in this season, sorry, last season, at right-back, I think he's excelled there as well. And I think that... That almost looks like a steal now, especially when you consider his age and how long he could potentially be playing for the club. Um, the next two, I won't spend too much on because it's, it's it's obvious. I don't think anyone, yourself included, is going to argue. Um, and Ramsdale, 28 million euros from Sheffield United, obviously a hit. And and Martin Odegaard, 35 million after his loan um, from Madrid, um, with probably the most resounding hit, with only 0.7 people saying he was a miss. Uh, I think that's obvious. You look at how... And, Benjamin White included, how well they've integrated into the team. Um, you can't really argue it. Uh, next after that we've got uh, Tommy Asu, 18.6 million from Bologna. He's got just under 90, 87 percent, point seven percent, sorry, hit and a 12.3 percent miss. Are you of the same opinion, Kyle? What's your thoughts on Tommy Assu? He's obviously got a, a poor injury record that has hampered probably his I think that's a problem
0: I think the fact that his injury record is not the best and it's kind of hampered his progression in the Arsenal squad I mean we could have really used him last season definitely um
1: and yeah, had we had him instead of holding at centre back, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it wouldn't be as big as it was. Yeah, the things would have
0: been a little bit different. I think there are certain games we probably would have picked up more points in. Um, but that's by the bye. It is what it is. Um, I don't have it. Yeah, I, I'm, I agree with that. I don't have any issues with that. I think he's, he's a hit when he's fit. He's good. He's really, really good.
1: Agreed. Um, and another one that I've added on, I actually forgot about this player and that he even existed until I saw a photo of him in, in the um, training camp the other day, Austin Trusty, 1.8 million from Colorado in the January window, um, 62.7%, so it's too early to say, um, and only 14.9, Put him as a miss and 22.4. Have you got any burning feelings on Austin Trusty that you want to say? <laughs> None exactly. at all. Right, no. <laughs> <My laughs> to be honest, so nothing at all. Again, we? I still think it it fits the theme. Although he's not been voted as a miss here in in these polls that I've done, he's only one point eight million. So I'd imagine we could probably recuperate most of that, if not all of that, back. And even if we don't, it's not a massive loss. It's a, a an American player um, at our club who may have potentially piqued a few more American fans' interests, um, and it's a relatively low-risk price, isn't it? If it works out, great. If it doesn't, then it's only 1.8 million. Only 1.8. In footballing terms, it's only 1.8 million. If I could have 1.8 million to chuck away, it'd be lovely. But there you go. I work for the NHS. Um, and then the last summer that we had before this one that we're currently in, um, our first sign was Marquinhos, for... Uh, 3.5 million euros from Sao Paulo. Hit 16.2, missed 14.7 and 69.1% said it's too early to say. He featured a bit in the Europa League games and then he went on loan to Norwich where he didn't really do much from what I could hear from my, my friends that are Norwich fans. What's your opinion on Marquinhos? Agree it's uh, too early to
0: say? Or? Yeah, no opinion really. Like I feel... We won't know. Um, maybe a few more seasons. Given this season, depending on what Arteta does with him, whether he keeps him, puts him out alone again, I don't know. So, yeah, I think it's too early to say.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got another goalkeeper, Matt Turner, six point three six million euros from New England. Um, Fifty-eight. This actually surprised me. Fifty-eight point one percent people said he was a hit. Nine point six percent miss. Um, 32.4% said too early to say. Goalkeeper is a difficult one because he obviously got a first choice and your second choice isn't going to get many games other than the rotation of the cup competitions but would you agree? Would you say it was a hit or are you... Again,
0: too early to say he hasn't played enough games. Like no. He's only played a real handful of games um, so yeah, I think too early to say.
1: Made some saves in the, uh, the cup that he was in. First choice starter for America. Um... <sighs> I think he's a. I don't know if I'd go as far as to say a hit, but I think he's a good enough backup for us. But I imagine he's probably going to look for first-team football if he doesn't get much of it this season. And then Fabio Vieira, another young player, quite a hefty price tag though thirty-five million euros from Porto. Fifty-nine point six percent. Say two i to say thirty point five. I think it was a miss, and only nine point nine. I've put him as a hit. He obviously scored that... Was it Bournemouth? He scored that long-range sort of goal? Yeah. yeah. It might be Bournemouth or someone else. Um, but since then, hasn't really flat to see. I think he's had a lot of criticism in his Europa League run-outs last season. Are you of the opinions too, I'd say, or you? do you think he might be a bit of a miss that the other 30%... Yeah,
0: the same. I think... He needs to bulk up no matter what. I think he's still I was hoping that over the summer he'd put on a little bit of muscle, a little bit of weight, and he hasn't. He's still really, really skinny. Um, and I think too skinny for the Premier League. And I think I don't know if you can see there's a picture on Twitter, I think yeah. there's a video where Arteta in is berating him um in training about for is not doing nothing, something. So yeah, I I I'm not too sure what's gonna happen with him and hopefully something that's happened because
1: yeah,
0: I think at the moment it's too early to say but I'm not going to lie to you it's looking it's looking like it might be a miss
1: yeah yeah um, and then two obvious ones that we don't need really to spend too much time about both from Manchester City Gabriel Jesus, 52.2 million euros obviously a hit and Sinchenko 35 million euros again obviously a hit don't think we can really argue with that I think and Jenko pretty much changed the way we play and, and Jesus just offered us something more from our forward line that we didn't have with Aubameyang and Lacazette prior. Um, and that was, that, that was the summer window. But we obviously had quite a busy sort of January window, probably considering where we were um, in the league last season. Uh, Trossard, 24 million euros from Brighton, um, 95.6% per hit. Missed 0.7. And again, for the January guys, I've all put too early to say, but only 3.7, i put that. Uh, Pinot and Trossard, do you think a hit for the 24 million price tag? Um, Yeah.
0: In, 20, in, in football terms, 24 million pounds is not that much. And I think for what he's given us, um, yeah, I think he kind of almost, almost saved our season a little bit. I think we needed, I think we were overplaying our wide players. And I think even Martinelli was looking like he was just really, really tired. And I think he came in and like freshened it up a little bit and also played different roles as well. So he helped out obviously up front as well, because Eddie was obviously not up to it. And when he came in and played that kind of false nine role, I think that helps as well uh, until Jesus got back. So yeah, I think it's a hit. I agree.
1: Hmm. I think obviously we were linked with Mudrike for the draw of that window and it didn't happen and I think that was quite a good pivot to get to Trossard, he had fallen out at Brighton, it was an option to to get a, a much cheaper option than what we had been rumoured to have if we were ready to slap the, the rumoured price um, that Mudraik was down to get Trossard, Premier League proven, similar position and like you say I think he contributed well, I think if we had brought him in our the table position, it'd probably be the same as to be second, but in terms of points behind Man City, it might have been a greater greater gap than what it was. Um, and then the other two we've got both in January, Key War 25 million from I can't spell, up but put Spezia <laughs> Spezia uh, in the January window, 58.9% hit, missed 2.1% and 39% too early to say and then Jorginho who, again, another Chelsea signing I've been scarred from Chelsea signs before, um, but he's come through as a eighty-three percent hit, a three percent miss, and only fourteen point one percent too early to say. Um what's your opinion on uh, key I think I don't think we said enough of him really. I think the
0: Yeah, far too early I think, to
1: say. I think the hit of fifty eight point nine percent is generous. I think there might be a bit of recency bias towards that as well. I think we just we should probably need to see a bit more of him. Um, what about Georgini? What's your thoughts on him?
0: Again, too early to say. I think <laughs> I think we know what we're going to get from him. You know, he's passing his a one. It really, really is, um, and that's what you want. He's the sort of player that deep line playmaker, where you know he just pops the ball around, doesn't do too much running, uh, gets the ball, passes it left, right to the middle. Uh, I think he does exactly what it says in the tin. You're not looking for him to tear up trees and I think that's what you expect. Now like, no one was looking for him to come in and you know even be a midfield general, but I think when he came in and he took over uh, from Partey because Partey was obviously not very good in, in that um in that spell I think um, he done a good job. and done a, a decent job, and he, you know, there was didn't tear up any trees. You know, he scored a couple of good goals. I remember he scored um, the 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 winner against Aston Villa. Um, so yeah, he came in done well. But I still think it's. I don't think I still think even Arteta would tell him, "Look, you're not going to play every game. You're not probably even going to play half the games. But when we need you, be that man, and you're coming and you're." do a job for us. I think he knows that. And I think um he's happy to do what he does. I'm sure he'll get games. He's definitely not going to be one of them ones where he sits on the bench and does nothing. And when you heavily when you can rotate, when you're freeing you up and you can take off a Declan of Rice and bring on Jorginho or, you know, give him some rest. That's brilliant. And when you're playing like a a Sheffield United or a Luton or a Crystal Palace and you can have someone like um, Georgina come on. That's what you need. So, yeah, it's good, good, good squad player.
1: Sorry, I've just been chuckling to myself. I was listening to what you were saying, but I've just seen what Danny's typed in his search bar. Is Jeff Arsenal real or a hologram?
0: <laughs> <laughs> a I spoke fan. to him, maybe I shouldn't say it, but I spoke to him the other day. Uh, sorry, Danny.
1: Um, <laughs> and he, re- he replied to me. So, yeah. Gutted Gee, Jeff. Gutted. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's all of them. Obviously, we could go on and talk about the free transfers here, but it's all going to be predictions, isn't it? But, like I said, the, the themes that I've got from those polls is that we've actually had more hits than misses other than that first season. But the four, those misses we had in that first summer, um, not season, sorry, were all relatively cheap. We didn't have much money to sort of throw around. Um, they were gambles, they didn't pay off. Um, but more often than not, if we spent quite a bit of money on someone, they've turned out to do all right. Um, obviously, there's a few players, the young guys, Fabio Vieira, Samuel Um, Time will tell whether they'll make it or not. <clears throat> but I think we probably couldn't have said that a few seasons ago. I think, he, again, I'm not going to go back on it as effort enough as it was going through three seasons of transfers and putting polls out to, to work out if they were a hit or a miss with our fan base. Obviously we are all Arsenal fans and a majority of people voting on those polls are all going to be Arsenal fans so there's probably some sort of bias there as well but we've definitely improved. I think gone are the days of signing Mustafi the other Gabriel the list goes on of failed players or players that had not quite cut it. So the future is bright.
0: It looks promising. i tell you what also is a fail on what's also very, very bright is our new awake it. Now I didn't want to talk about this, but we're gonna to have to. And uh people in the chat, if you got uh, questions, put them up now because we're we'll be gonna answer, answer some questions soon. But that a new awake it is uh what's the what's the words I want to use? you know when someone says it's special and not special in a good way, as in like, oh, you're so special. Like, I don't know what you think, Ellis. I, I'm i just going to give my honest opinions on it. I think it is absolutely atrocious. I think it is horrible. Um, And I don't know why. I don't... Do you know what? My OCD is fucking playing up right now because even the black lines don't match up. Like, if they matched up, like, I'd be fine, but none of them match up. I think it's... I, 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 I don't know... Yes, you're right. There's only one person who is going to like that kit, and it is Chris. Because if you see some of the stuff that Chris wears, it's it's horrible. People listening on audio, you won't um, know what we're talking about. But, yeah, Ellis, what do you think of that kit? Because for me, I just think it's absolutely
1: atrocious. It's bad, isn't it? I I, I can't true coat it. I do like my out there designs. I'm not one of these people that are like, make the home kit red, make the away kit yellow and blue. It has to be yellow and blue, blah, 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 blah. don't know why I'm talking in that voice. Um, (laughs) I don't mind that they mix up. I do like the odd yellow kit, but I do like that mix up. I mean, this shirt that I'm wearing now, it's not yellow. And it's probably one of my favorite away shirts in a very long time. I th- the only thing I will say is uh, apparently I'm not quite old enough to remember. People didn't like the Bruised Banana kit when it first came out, and now look at it, everyone loves it. But I do find it difficult to see anyone's going to like it. Uh, it. It's shit. <laughs> but it's shit because it's quite different. Now, I don't know what's better just being boring and shit or being loud and shit. But maybe I'm just a bit old. I'm in my 30s now, only just maybe the kids of the of the younger generation, like a I, 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 bright I neon know. kit with black squiggly lines all over it.
0: But I just don't know if like, maybe Arsenal had... I, I, I don't know when Adidas... Surely Arsenal must get in sort of some sort of input. And surely Adidas must go to Arsenal and say, "Okay, these are some of the designs. These, this, this, and this. Like, what do you think? I don't know if someone said, oh, that's the one I'm going to pick. That's the kit that I think is um, it is brilliant.' I just, I just can't. I just look. I look at that kit and I just don't know anything that's that's good about it. I just don't. I don't, I don't know why. I just think it's atrocious. Um, Did you see the launch
1: video? Yeah, I saw it, and, you know, they were trying hard. <laughs> the video is good, and, and, and their sort of reasoning behind the black squiggles, I get, but, I just think, if you take them black squiggly lines off, the, the neon's alright, like, one of, I think it's a Dortmund kit from, like, in the 1990s was a bright neon colour um, like that, and it was alright. If you just take off the black squiggles, even that horrible light blue writing for the the fly emirates and the and the canon and the adidas logo would look okay i don't know maybe it'll grow on me maybe i'll see it on a Champions League away night, and, yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, you that's know, know a for a fact,
0: they're gonna try and promote it so much, and they're gonna wear it almost every away game, like because they're gonna want people to like it. So, just like you know, sometimes there's no reason for a kick change, but they just change it because they want to sell the shirt. I think that's gonna be one of them. I think they're just gonna wear it just for the, the sake of wearing it. And, um,
1: well, they say they put yeah. keepers in like bright colored tops to make them subconsciously look bigger to the, to the attacker trying to score. So maybe Fabio Vieira will look like he's bogged up a bit in that. One, <laughs> <You know>. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I is is. Any,
0: yeah. I think, do you know what? It will still probably sell. I don't think it's going to sell as much because I, I don't, I don't know anybody that's, um, I, there will be some people that really like it, but I don't like last season, like we were talking about the black kit that you're wearing and the pink kit. Those were probably the two greatest away kits I think I've ever seen. Like that pink kit, I that will live with me forever because I love that kit. It was brilliant. And the black mm-hmm. kit you're wearing is just, it's just brilliant. Like I did Adidas last season hit the nail on the head with everything they did, all our kits, every single one of our kits, the home and the two away kits, um, were just absolutely brilliant and then it's almost like they got a new head of marketing and just decided
1: to change up Richard put out a tweet earlier, Cactus um, and I, I completely agree with him, he's put that Adidas have pretty much been spot on since since they've taken over manufacturing our kits there hasn't been that many poor kits certainly from memory Like for me I think at least one mostly two kits i've liked from every adidas iteration sometimes even all three like last season i'm not a fan of a kit for color but the, the kit looked fine but the, the two away kits were lovely when they first came in with just the basic red shirt with the v-neck and the old school yellow brewers banana um and i can't remember what the other one was i think it was like a navy color now um so it's bound to have a stink at one point i think you do need to mix up a bit and, and push the boundaries <laughs> and the kit certainly pushed the boundaries just didn't quite stick to landing but it is what it is uh, I, I guess with the cost of living having a £80 disgusting kit is a good for us mm.
0: people won't be buying it I think <laughs> yeah I think a lot of people will think twice uh, about buying that one uh, I think last season I did, that's obviously outdid themselves but I think this season people will be a bit Mm, yeah, we'll see. Anyway, um, I wanna crack wrap this up quickly and then crack on. So uh let's just talk about quickly about the trip to America. So at the moment, we'll Arsenal are in America and I think it's tomorrow Not no, so tomorrow, which will be our Thursday morning, Arsenal play the All-Stars, uh MLS All Stars. Uh, I think the game's at 1am in the morning. So 1am Thursday morning, I believe. Um, With friendlies, I'm always sceptical about friendlies. You know, I remember the season that we lost all three. Do you remember the season that, I think we lost to like a Burnian in Scotland then we lost to Rangers or we drew or something like that. We wasn't very good. And then, Uh, Last season when we beat Chelsea 4-0 and beat all that, we were just brilliant. Um, For me, it's mostly about fitness. That's exactly what um, it's about. Trying to get fit, making sure that the players don't come away with injuries that we obviously just sort out how... Relationships are formed, fitness, uh, getting confidence up. So what, for you, um, are you looking for these games? I think we play um, MLS All-Stars, then we play Manchester United, and then we play Barcelona. Um, are you just looking for, you're not looking for results, are you? Are you just looking for fitness and see kind of where people play and um, relationships that they form?
1: Yeah, I think for me, like, preseason has never been anything that I paid particular attention to. I can't, like, when you were talking then about when we lost to Burnley or lost most of our games, <clears throat> I genuinely, for life me, can't think what pre-season that was and the only reason I know we had a good pre-season last pre-season is because you've just mentioned it and a couple of podcasts that I've listened to over the last three weeks have mentioned how good our pre-season was last year in terms of preparing us for the season has just gone by. So I don't, I don't really pay much attention to him. Um, for me personally, and again, this is, a, this is a personal thing, it's more excitement to see the new signings. And, and and this summer season, pre-season, more so than probably anyone I can imagine, I am really excited just to see how Declan Rice fits into the team, how Kai Habits fits into the team, and how Timber fits in the team. We, we've, we've, In terms of our trajectory, in terms of our um, progression as a team, we've progressed probably a step further than what I thought we did last season. So it's just exciting really to to get those potential last pieces in the puzzle that help us win some silverware in the coming season. And it's more just exciting for that, whether we lose it or lose a game or lose all of them or draw them or win all of them doesn't really make a difference to me again i think the most important i'd th- I, I imagine that it's probably the same with the coaches and and the color the most important thing is to get the players fit and ready for the season and to try and sort of get tactics or different tactics and for sort of impression there if we are going to mix things up if we are going to change things up if we are going to introduce new ideas what I will say though again I know I've just said that I don't pay much attention to to pre-season there's a lot of big teams we're playing in pre-season like the MLS all-star game aren't they still in in their season so they're regardless of their quality fitness are going to be fitness levels are going to be high you've then got Manchester United and Barcelona um Monaco at the Emirates Cup again Liga um and then we've got Man City in, in in the Community Shield. Like that is some big teams. They're certainly going to be a test for us. It's not going to be like playing some Swedish team from the middle of nowhere. What's your thoughts on pre season?
0: Are you for me about like fitness? I mean, obviously playing Man United, I would want to beat them. Like I'm not going to lie to you <laughs> because it's Manchester United. Of course, I want to win. Uh, but no, I fucking hate that team, and I hope we smash them. As well, like there's always going to be a little bit of rivalry, and but do you know what? As long as the players come away in their fear, we don't get any injuries, and every player gets some sort of um, I guess some sort of run out, and that's everyone. I'm talking about even some of the fringe players, uh, get a it kind of run out of some sort of fitness. I mean, you've got the likes of El Nene going and, you know, um, those sort of players. And I do hope he gets a, a few minutes because he's going to need it. I don't want it to be cold. Um, Arteta's got a. I think being in America, he's got to play Balogun. Maybe not from the start, but Balogun will get game time. That's that's for sure. And he's going to want to impress over in America because, you know, he, that's his new found country. And my, I just want everyone to come home safely. I don't want any injuries. Uh, I want, you know, team bonding as well. When you go to somewhere like that and, you know, you you, you bond with uh, your teammates because you're in and around them. And that's what I want. I want that people like uh, Declan Rice to get proper integrated into the squad. I want Julian Timber to get integrated with the squad. Same with Kai Havertz as well. Like um, I want them to form good relationships and yeah, of course like everyone's kind of missed watching Arsenal play. Uh those people who maybe found the stream for the Nuremberg game or paid for it. Um I'm sure it was like brilliant watching them and I think watching you know, the rivalry is going to come back. As soon as you play Man United. it's never friendly. Let's be very honest. There's no such thing as a friendly against Manchester United in the slightest. And, you know, to, to, to both squads, if Arsenal lose, it's only a friend. It doesn't matter. If Arsenal win, oh, you're a of rubbish. Like, it's, <laughs> of course it's going to happen. Like, and I wouldn't expect it any other way. But do you know what? As long as, like I said, the players come back fit and ready and hungry, um, I'll be extremely happy. And that's what Kind of what I want, and then the Emirates Cup game, I think on the 2nd of August. I've got tickets, but I don't know if I can go now, so I might have to put it back on ticket exchange. Um, I again for me, people, um, Arsenal being back at the Emirates Stadium, a stadium full of people, everyone getting to see the new signings, everyone seeing Arsenal again, just brilliant. So I think that's brilliant. And then, obviously, it leads us into the key game against uh, the charity shield against Man City, where, again, for me, that's just another friendly. It really is. Yes, it's it's a friendly with a trophy, but it's just another friendly. And that will kind of gauge, I think, where we are. Um, No one's expecting us to wipe the floor of Man City at, at all, or even to win the game. But as long as we give Man
1: City a decent game, uh i'd be happy that is a weird one isn't it? the Community shield it's sort of like a a halfway not quite full-on friendly pre-season vibes it is and also not quite full-on proper competitive if you win it it's amazing and certain managers will claim it as a trophy towards their trophy at <laughs> the end of the season um but then conversely if you lose it you can sort of fall on that oh, it's only pre-season but like you say I think a lot of us will find it difficult not to use that as a barometer to how much that we have improved with the players that we've got and how closer we potentially could get to City next season I think what I will say is although I did mention about how hard the games were out in the, in the American tour I think it's amazing for the American fans I, I'm in a did a podcast with a group of lads um who I used to play FIFA with and I actually got a chance to play FIFA um and quite a few of them from the States. Um so for them to get a chance to see Arsenal, not just play some shit team from the middle of nowhere, to to play Manchester United, to play Barcelona, to play the MLS All Stars. That's just really good for them to see. And you know, I have seen it all over Twitter with like Mike from um doing his podcast. Um all the events they're setting up there. That's amazing. And again it's it's I know football has become this sort of um, advertisement, sort of not quite just about the football, more about the product, but also good things do come out of that as well. You get people that don't live within a train journey away from the stadium that actually get to see the players that they bother to get up at the crack of dawn to watch. They get to see them in the flesh. And I think that's really good. And I think they're going to be in some good games like you say it is a friendly but when you're playing Manchester United it's it's difficult to sort of tear yourself away from that rivalry.
0: Oh yeah definitely and like I said like for me um I'm I'm saying that I'm not prepared to wake up at 1:30 in the morning to watch uh the the game when the American fans have been doing that all their lives so I salute them completely and that just shows The kind of lucky and the the, the blessed state that we're in that, you know, we get to watch our team that we love week in, week out and our time zone. And um, yeah, I think it's great for the American fans. And I I, I don't think this American All-Star game is going to be any sort of a pushover because you're talking about the collective best 16 players in America. Uh, coming together who are at the peak of their fitness because they're right in the middle of the season and they're going to want to win because it's going to be a showcase for them. Um, so they're definitely going to want to um, show out and, you know, prove something that American football, um, I'm not saying soccer because it's not, but um, American football is um, is not just a, a quote-unquote almost retirement league. You know, there are... There are good players there, so um, I think it's come a little bit early for Messi, I don't think Messi can play, or should play, or will play, um, but, you know, it's it's something, it's, it's good quality, and, and let's hope that um, all the results that we get are brilliant, and we don't lose any games, but I think more importantly, the fitness levels are right up there. Right, let's take some questions now, Ellis, do you want to read them? I have, um, if you go to comment, or uh, comments, I've starred them all. Out of the top, go to starred, and that's all the questions.
1: Lovely, lovely. Yeah, I'll crack on, mate. Um, so, Darren Clifford, he's put evening fellas. Anyone else disapprove of the new away shirt? I mean, we've we've covered that, Carl.
0: <laughs> yes, we've covered it. It is shit. We don't like it. Um, <laughs> but we're going to wear it, let's be honest. So, it is what it is.
1: <laughs> I, what I will say is, um, I don't like it, but a part of me sort of like, will I just buy it just to leave it in like the the wrapper, and then if it then becomes some sort of like weird cult kit, I can set it on. But it's too much of a long game for me. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Macker, he's put a question: Um, Is the squad complete, Carl?
0: If the transfer window closed tomorrow, um we just we set up with the players that we have. Would I be happy? Yes, I guess I would. I still think we need to sell players. We have to. I think if we're even contemplating to get any players in, we have to get players out. And there are so many players that we need to get out. Um, Whether that be by cancelling contracts or selling them for nominal fees or shipping them abroad, we just don't know. Um, So at the moment, and if I could, if you said you can have one more position uh, to fill I think for me it would be a wide forward. I think we do need cover for uh, Saka because I do think the drop off from Saka to Nelson is huge and vast. And I guess we could mix and match and maybe push. Um, maybe we could push Jesus out there and then play one of Eddie or Balogun up front, this is an option. But yeah, I think if we could sign anyone else, it would be a wide forward.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think if you're being like uber picky, I would like to sell Partey and get someone else in of a younger, higher ceiling, higher ceiling player and an obviously, like you say, couple for, for, for Saka. So we're close. We're not if you're being a big, we're not quite there. Um, <laughs> Rocky, 6709, another one. Can we talk about the way, Kit? No, we can't. We've talked too much about it already, Rocky. Sorry. <laughs> and then our mate Stefan Selby, does Overguard give Rice the captain armband when subbed? Uh,
0: no, because I think Gabrielle will probably be the next uh captain on the football pitch and then you got zinchenko will declan rice be a in the leadership group yes he will be because he was a captain at um west ham you don't turn it off those captain's qualities you can't you don't turn them off they they're always going to be there so um i don't think he maybe in some games he may get it but as long as you got zinchenko as long as you've got Gabriel on the pitch, I think those players will come before giving it to Declan Rice.
1: Yeah, I think we've Arsenal in previous years gone by has had a lot of criticism about where are the leaders, where are the leaders on the pitch, there's no leaders in that team. Even the season's gone by, I think Gary Neville was sitting there saying, Is Martin Odegaard an actual leader? I think he is. But I also think, like you say, we've added someone else to that, that leadership group And Declan Rice. Like you say, you can't turn those qualities off. Um, you could see from all the behind scenes how he holds himself in the conversation. Um, apparently, he's been quite vocal in the training sessions over in America as well. Um, whether he will be vice-captain this season is another question entirely. Um, I don't think it will be long before he's vice or even captain. At some point, yeah. but I don't think Probably, it will happen it? straight away. Um next question from Sai and Vesh. This question have we really improved our midfield? We bought rice slash habits um and sold slash selling shaka and party.
0: <sighs> Is Havertz an upgrade for um Jaka, that is a question. I think Xhaka brought a lot more to the team than just what on, on the on field. I think the off field. I think he was a leader. He was like he had all the captain's qualities, and I think he helped the players. He was one of the players that wasn't scared to go to the press and tell them what you know what they really think. Um, he fronted up sometimes. I remember. I remember during the really, really bad run that we had, uh, and when Obame um, was our captain, and he never done any press interviews when we lost, ever. Like he just didn't. When we won, he'd go in front of the camera, and then when we lost, he was nowhere to be s- seen. And um, you'd have maybe Saka or Nelson. I remember, and Jacker would be be one of those players. And um, that's a play- uh, that's a real captain. The captain is someone who win or lose, they're there. I don't. I do think we have improved our midfield um, because I do think what Arteta wants, I think Havertz will bring more of it. So, if you're talking about if in the role at the at this time and um, Jack Granite Jacker got it, seven goals last season, do I think that Havertz can get more goals than seven? Yes, I do. In the same position, I do think he can. Is Declan Rice an upgrade on Thomas Partey? Time will tell. We don't know yet. I can't say yes or I can't say no. Um, They will play the same role, but I think it will be a little bit different how they play it. So I guess time will tell. But they need to form a partnership. Xhaka and Partey had an absolutely brilliant partnership. They were wonderful together. And it's going to take time for Declan Rice and whoever he's going to be his uh, left eight partner to form a uh, partnership, whoever that person is. And hopefully, you know, during the tour, we'll find out who that person is and they can form a partnership. But ultimately we won't know until the season starts, whether we've actually improved our midfield until it's settled. Because Partey might stay, he might go. We might bring in, you know, if we, if Partey leads and we bring in a Caicedo, then, Rice, Havertz and Kaiseido, though would you say that's an improvement? Of course you would like it definitely is but again we just don't know what's happening yet
1: Yeah I, I, I agree with your sentiment there, time will tell I, I think in terms of Rice parte I think there was an improvement there just purely on Rice's availability alone compared to what parte can offer and in times in terms of Rice's ceiling Rice could potentially get a lot better and Pate potentially is going to drop off because he's at that point in his age and his career as well um, what, what I would add to the sort of the, the habits and jacker and thing is before this season no one really expected jacker to be in the positions he was in to, to score the goals he has scored to be pivotal in that um, that's not something that we as fans really attribute to jacker and the way Arteta turned his sort of career, not career, his Arsenal career I should say, specifically turned that around, from going from the point where he's, he's chucked the armband on the floor and he's told the fans to fuck off and he thought he was the door to change to the point that people are actually sad and worried that he's gone and actually saying, is Havertz an improvement? If you'd said two seasons ago is Havertz an improvement on Shaka unequivocally a lot of people would say, certainly in the attacking department, yes, but the fact that we now, we actually have to sort of question that and think about that Shows how much Arteta helps improve Shaka. Mm-hmm. So the same can be said of 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 Kai Havertz and of Rice. How much potentially could he improve um, under his management, under the, the structure that is is in place at Arsenal? How much can those two improve? They're both young men. They're both twenty four. Their their ceilings are so much higher than the guys that they're potentially replacing. So yes, time will tell. But I'm optimistic about it. Certainly. No, I agree and then the final question by MJL 2999 am I the only one surprised how quickly Jorginho has become a very well liked figure both to the team and to the fans
0: to the team no because I think Arsenal are a family I genuinely think that this group of players it's a happy dressing room and we haven't had a happy dressing room for uh, for a long time I think during the even the end of the Wenger period, I don't think it was a happy dressing room. Throughout the Unai Emery period, it definitely wasn't a happy dressing room. We knew it definitely. A dressing room had such friction in it. Um Players who were just shit bags, you know, the Bundesliga bastards. Uh, as they call them like just. I've, I just think that it wasn't a happy dressing room. I think Mikel Arteta, one of his first jobs was to harmonise that dressing room, you know, it took a while to get all the, the shit people out, you know, the Urzils, the Bamiangs, and, you know, we still don't really, really know what happened between the Bamiang and, uh not know if I about it, it is what it is, but the, the Urzils and getting those sort of people out and um, getting the Bundesliga bastards out, you um, I think that was uh, a help to us. And now, it, like I said, every time you see Arsenal, and I know it could just be for the cameras, but they just look happy with each other. They all just look, you know, like they're just genuine friends. Like they look like they are actual friends. And I think um, older is an older, older statesman. He's not, you know, he doesn't want to be... The loudest one but you can tell he probably gives he probably gives give team talks as well when somebody who is a bit more mature who just knows what to do um experience that is a key figure and i think the fact that you know he's had some good games he's had some bad games but on the whole he he's had he's been he's done well and i think with the fan base if you compared him to someone like William who you know you like you said Ellis like you were no ahead you get you get nightmares when you think about the Chelsea players that we've had in the past David Louise and you know people like that who just haven't haven't quite worked out and again, I think the expectations for Georgina was really low let's be honest I think the bar was set so low and he might have outdid our expectations and because of that that's why we like him so yeah, I think, just think it's got something to do with the the, the the dressing room, and I think now that everybody is is really good friends, and it just seems like a really peaceful place to be. I think everyone just seems just just, just great, and it doesn't seem like there's any person there that's causing a problem. Touchwood, I guess will time will tell when people are not getting game time and they start knocking on our door,
1: and we'll see. But yeah, yeah. Am I surprised? Yeah. I'd probably say I, I am surprised that how quickly sort of slotted into this team. Again, like you say, maybe I'm just scarred from the, the previous Chelsea players that we brought in. Um, but I probably shouldn't be surprised from the recruitment of Arteta and Eddie. They, they seem that they target these people with the right attitudes. Arteta's very first interview was all about players being on the ship. Having the right mentality. If they're not on the ship, then they they go. Um, the non-negotiables, and I, and he clearly targets those players. Obviously, the players from a tactical point of view, a physical point of view, have to fit that mould. But I think also from a mentality point of view, he he picks people who will gel together, and he has helped create a squad that's like a family the, the club not just the squad like again when you when you when you watch these and i keep going back to it because i do find it really interesting when Declan rice was behind the scenes when june and tim was behind the scenes they go and they greet win the dog and you've seen videos of gabriel martinelli's high-pitched squeal when he sees win the dog and the fact that when these guys are going around they're being introduced to jack and, Max and, and, and the dinner lady and everyone else that it's a proper tight-knit family and that's what they've created there so I probably shouldn't be surprised I think it's just because when I looked at Jorginho I just looked at him being a disgusting Chelsea player when actually <laughs> a guy, when he's of our team he ain't too bad <laughs> but yeah no, that's a good question
0: yeah um, it was good I think now before we wrap up and now I've got you here I just want to uh, give you ask you a quick prediction on where we will end up this season on how we will end up this season so the four competitions that we're in i'm going to ask you where where do you think we'll end up so first of all i will go the cup so fa cup i mean i'm obviously depending on who we draw but where or where would you like us to get to at least (laughs) <laughs> Where would I like?
1: I'm going to win all of it. Of course, that's what I'd like. Um, <laughs> oh God, you're not going to remember these, are you? you and bring them up at the end of next Of course evening. not. It's too early for sort prediction. Of that i when we
0: lose to Nottingham Forest away in the third round. <laughs>
1: I, um, I've got a feeling we won't do too good in the FA Cup and the, and the League Cup. I'd like to think. We'd get to the semi-finals, but I can see us getting knocked out for them. Are they changing the semi-finals at Wembley, or is that staying? did I did I make that up? In, what the FA Cup?
0: Yeah. No. Yeah, they need to pay for that stadium, so yeah, the the semi-finals will still be at Wembley.
1: Yeah, I'd like I, I'd like to think we'd get to the semi-finals and have a day out at Wembley, but I can see us getting again. Like I say, it all depends on the draw, Um but I. I generally do think a lot of people think last season was, a or rival fans and certain media outlets think last season was a fluke position-wise. I think our, our focus next season is going to be on winning the Premier League or at least putting in a, a better show towards the end of the season than we did this season um, and getting further in the Champions League. So I, I, I don't think we'll do too much well in the FA Cup. so I think we'll rate it heavily and potentially get knocked out around the quarterfinals in the FA Cup okay. the league. Uh, Champions League Champions League I think we'll get out of our group stage oh, where would you be happy with in the Champions League obviously where would I be really happy think, I'd be yeah. disappointed if we didn't get out of the group stage looking at who we can draw where our coefficient is and what group um, what pot sorry not what group will be in, what pots we'll be in I'd be disappointed if we didn't at least finish second in our group because I think the hardest team we can draw is the ones that are put on us, like Barcelona and other teams like that. Um, obviously, we can't draw City because they're in our league. Um, so I'd be disappointed if we didn't get the group stage. I'd be happy if we got into the quarterfinals, and I think we will we might not get that far. <laughs> I just think it's difficult, isn't it? Because Arteta hasn't had a great record in the Europa League when it's got to the knockout. Pardon me. But then he has rotated heavily because it's not the competition of the Champions League. I feel like he would take the Champions League serious.
0: I think so as well. I've got a feeling he's going to take it seriously. I have a feeling he's going to take it seriously. I would be happy with our first outing in the Champions League before. Eight years is it? Um, I would be happy for quarters. I think I'd be very happy if we got to the quarterfinals. Um, and I think it's doable. I do, I just feel like I don't know why. I feel like the Champions League is this season is got some really not great teams, and obviously, you know, you, taking out City and Real Madrid because they're just obviously, um masterclasses I think if you look at I'm not saying this shit and let me make this clear by Munich the fact that they you know for how many 10 seasons 12 seasons in a row they've won their Bundesliga and they got pushed to the limit um last season to oh, the man. league on oh, the yeah. final yeah but I don't want a final day to win it so um PSG this is just a shit show <laughs> uh, the Italian teams do I think that Arsenal will lose to any Italian team? Italian teams know how to win Italian yeah. teams in, in Europe last season there was one yeah. in every single final of the they European knew, they knew how, Italian teams know how to win so uh, Napoli depending on whether they keep uh, their star man up front um, they're just they're brilliant but people like Inter do I think we we'll would beat Inter yeah I think we would do I think it would be AC Milan possibly yeah. um and then you think are there any other clubs i'm listening i'm not saying that arsenal were brilliant and also been at the champions league a long time and i think it's very easy for us as fans to be like oh yeah we got better players we'll beat them i think it takes special the champions league is a different kettle of fish mm. that's why every team wants to be in it and you know teams play their heart and soul out uh for that league and there's no easy games I don't care what anybody says there are no easy games in the Champions League. I mean just look at Real Madrid I think it was was lot last season season before when they lost to Sheriff both home and away. It says it all um so yeah and obviously it's been the league last season isn't it?
1: in this format as well so it'd be good to get as far as we can because it then yes weird league format isn't it
0: yeah it comes out like we, we play everyone and then the top eight teams go through and then you need to be from ninth to some. yeah I guess we'll, we'll discuss that later on in the season Um quickly the league Ellis. where do you think we're going to end up in the league this season
1: well Father Wenger said we're going to win it <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> I'm not. I'm. I'm I am not i i would not say I'm negative in terms of my person, but I'm not very optimistic. But having said that, and it's going to kill me to say it, I genuinely think we've got a very strong chance of winning the league this season. <clears throat> we've improved. I think in terms of Man City's motivation, they've just won the treble. Like, there isn't much more to to win. They've lost Gundogan. Potentially gonna lose Mares, potentially Bernardo Silva. Um obviously they are a massive machine. They're also gonna have that club world club, club 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 world cup midway through their season because they won the Champions League, so that might hamper some fitness strengths. So and I think I I generally think we're gonna push them just as far. There's so far from in terms of incomings for other clubs. There's no other clubs that particularly feel like they've strengthened massively. I think we've all I think people have strength. Liverpool have obviously strengthened their midfield, but they could lose Henderson. Um Man United look like they're gonna get that Onana who's probably gonna be better suited to Ten Hag's way of playing than De Gea was. Um Chelsea have obviously got lots of players and who knows a Pochettino we can get some of those young players that this let's, let's be honest, those Young players are good. They're just in a shit system. They were bought for a reason. Where the team they can get the best best of them. Who knows? Spurs don't know anything about Foster Gaglu, the guy from the, their new manager. Can't say his name. Um, potentially could use Kane. That would be massive if they lose Kane to Bayern Munich. Oh, I need
0: them to. you know that would definitely I... be
1: weaker? Um, oh, yeah. So yeah, I I would. Be happy with a. After saying all that, to say I'll be happy with a second place finish sounds a bit. <laughs> um, what's the word? Uh, I don't know. Sound doesn't sound great if I say yeah, I'll be happy with a second, but Man City are um, ridiculous. So, of course, I'd be happy with a second. I'd be over the moon if we win it, and I do think we can win it. What about you? Um,
0: I think we can win it. Will we win it? No. <laughs> I think Man City are just all. and I think um, I think we need other teams to take some points off them will Liverpool be as bad as they were last season potentially no I think Chelsea I do honestly think Chelsea will be much better than they were uh, I think their manager will get them playing because like you said you don't those players are not shit they just were managed by not very good people. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I think that um, the fact that they've got no distraction of European football, whether that's a hindrance or not, I don't know because whereas, you know, Arsenal will be in elite fitness every single week, it'd be very stop start for Chelsea. But then again, you can rest your players more. So it, it swings and roundabouts how you picture that. But yeah, I think I think a lot as well, we're forgetting about people, teams like Newcastle. I think mm. Newcastle, I don't think they've stopped their spending at all because I saw an interview with their manager and he was saying, I need more players and they're going to want to buy more players. Of course they are. So I think next season yeah, will be very they're interesting.
1: All, and I think they will be found out a bit more this season. Again, like you say, it depends on who you bring in, though, doesn't it? Yeah,
0: of course, of course. So we'll see. Um, But it's exciting. I don't think I've ever been as excited for a season like this in a very long time. Um, I can't believe that, you know, we've got the players that we've got at the moment. Uh, Depending on the outgoings, we'll see. But I'm actually really, really excited for this season. um, hopefully, we do really, really good things. Um, and hopefully, at least this isn't uh, a fly by night visit,
1: we do get to see you uh, a little bit more next season. Like, it'll yeah, be very, every, very good every other Tuesday night, my partner works a night shift, so most every other Tuesday night, I should be free again. Champions League next season, so that's not quite helpful. But I've moved in now, the house is a bit more in a better position. My child normally goes to sleep at about half seven. So hopefully I'll be able to pod a bit more this coming season. Yes, we'll see. That'd be great. And that's right.
0: Thank you to everybody in the chat that's contributed today. Much appreciated. Uh, Wherever you're listening to this on, give us a thumbs up on YouTube. uh, Give us a like on Spotify and Apple. Uh, podcast anywhere you listen to, just give us a like. It helps us immensely. Um, this has been a Book Up London and Arsenal
1: podcast. Uh, thank you very much, Ellis. Thank you for having me. Um, it's been a pleasure as always, and I hope I didn't bore too many people with the, the polls that I put up. But I thought it was no, interesting. they what were the great. If you not, I don't know. <laughs> no,
0: they're fine. Uh, Danny's in the background somewhere. All you have to do is push some buttons, and he's still got something of that wrong. So you know we are where we are um so thank you everyone take care and as always no matter what hashtag fuck alice
1: as soon as i scored that goal i was fucking livid. get down dog splendid business you nearly caught the bloody thing what are you talking about <laughs> so i've
0: just eaten a full quiche well you don't often see him at it so when you see them in the supermarket they need to be swag
1: microwaved immediately and get the brown sauce on one bosh bob's your uncle never in doubt